0: Can you guys hear me? Sorry, hold on. 32 super fans. I, I couldn't understand a word that was said. Every angle of the NFL covered. You fired up for that, man? Huh? This. We don't go time. We, we still on go. Hold oh, on.
1: Hold on. Hold on. The name of the hurricane is hurricane.
0: This is Next Fan Up. We're live, bro. Hello and welcome to week 14 of the Next Fan Up. Four fans, five fans. I am James, your Eagles super fan. I am joined this week by Monty, our Raiders fan. Monty, how are you doing, sir? Ray,
1: I've been better. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be honest, James. <laughs> I've been better. Oh,
0: man, look, I, I I just hope this week for you doesn't go about as well as it did a couple of weeks ago. That that was not cool.
1: Oh, that one still burns. Uh, well, we'll get into that, all
0: of that shortly. Um, we don't Fair want to enough. spoil any of the goodness that we have lined up for later. But uh, before we get started, I do want to let all our listeners know that you can reach out to us via email at nextfanup@gmail.com at or on Facebook or Twitter at nextfanup. Um We do have some news here uh, before we get into this week's games just a little bit. And that is a lot of big name players showing up on COVID list this week. Uh, What do you make of that? I mean, normally it's the time of year where you see players out due to illness and it's typically the flu, but with the world we live in now, COVID is pretty much, I mean, this is going to be cold COVID and flu season going forward for the time being. I mean, how do you feel about
1: this? I mean, the last couple of years, it's kind of just been the way of the world. It's no longer a silent killer. It's, it's You're on the COVID reserve list, and you just got to hope that if it's a key player, they're, you know, boomers got the vax and they can get back in there sooner rather than later. But I think this is going to be the reality for the rest of the way. Hopefully, it doesn't impact the playoff.
0: Yeah, and, and, and that's the big thing the playoffs and granted they're going to start about a week or two weekends later than normal. I believe it's the middle of January. They'll kick in, but, uh, yeah, they're going to be teams that are going to be sorely sorely hurting should COVID uh, hit their locker room, uh, any way, shape or form. I mean, one player could tilt the balance no matter how great or, you know, insignificant that player may be, uh, Look, we, we we always talk about offense and defense, but we fail you know, we fail to mention sometimes that one third of the game is special teams. Sometimes playoff games roll that way. Um, let's get right into it here. Cause I don't want to waste all the juicy bits, but Thursday night football, Pittsburgh Steelers at Minnesota Vikings, and there's actually a playoff clinching scenario here that has to deal with the Green Bay Packers, so I know they'll be re- rooting for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But, Monty, you're taking the Minnesota Vikings in this game. I should let our listeners know that the Steelers did rise from 21 to 17 in our rankings while the Vikings fell from 18 to 22, and they are a three-point favorites. though, after what they did last week. I would have dropped them the dead last if possible. So, Monty, the Vikings. <laughs> really? <laughs> the Vikings?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think they say once you start thinking about retirement, then it's already too late. And the story broke that Big Ben is telling people close to him that this is probably going to be his last year. Whether that's true or not, all the questions are going to be swirling around him. You know, his play is being questioned. People think he's lost the step. Uh, I guess a step isn't the right word. Just his play has gone down a notch. And if you're thinking about retirement, I think you're kind of your foot's already out the door. And I just, you know, I, I just don't think the Steelers are going to rally around Big Ben when they know he's not the guy going forward. You know what I mean? Like, you want to say it's the last dance, but just not getting that feeling from this team. Um, and so I guess we'll see. You know, I think you know the defense is, is sound. Mike Tomlin's obviously a great coach, but I just got a feeling that the Vikings got embarrassed a little bit last week. Uh, those division games are always tougher than you think, and the Lions. Although they didn't have any wins, they had a lot of close games, and I don't know. I just I got a feeling that the Vikings are gonna are gonna rally around the troops and give the Steelers all they can handle. Thursday games are always weird. I think it's in Minnesota, so yeah, I'm taking the home team. to To, to I don't know if it's a, a true Adam and Eve on a raft, but I think the Vikings are gonna give the Steelers all they can handle.
0: Yeah, no, nah, not not an Adam and Eve on a raft because the Vikings are favorite. I I, I don't know, man. I, Look, er, earlier this year, I couldn't trust the Titans because they, they gave the Jets their first win. I I, I can't trust the Vikings now because they gave the Lions their first win. I, but this is the nature of football. We never know what's going to happen week to week. Every time we think something's a sure thing, we get Detroit beating Minnesota, though Minnesota's secondary just let wide receivers walk into the end zone untouched. I, I, I still can't fathom what the defensive, you know, Scheme was for that last play with four seconds left. I mean, Zimmerman is a defensive specialist, so you would have thought he would have they, told the secondary no one crosses the goal line. But
1: they were banged up last week; they're missing a lot of people on defense. And Kevin, our cowboy super fan, sent me a tweet uh that showed Jared Goff's girlfriend, who's on the Sports Illustrated swimsuit calendar shoot, her reaction <laughs> to the Lions getting their first win, and he said that it was meant to be. So. Who am I to question, Kevin, <laughs> the Cowboys super
0: <laughs> Oh, Kevin. You abandoned me this week, Kevin. I'm not going to let you forget it. <laughs> uh, the injury report here has uh, Dalvin Cook is questionable with his shoulder injury. Uh, this is a short turnaround. I don't expect him to play. Adam Thielen has been ruled out with his ankle injury. Uh, Blake Lynch, and linebacker. Cameron Bynum, the safety. And Christian Derrishaw, their offensive tackle. All listed this questionable as well. Everson, uh, excuse me, not Everson Griffin, uh, he, he's fine. Um, uh, for the Steelers, they're going to be missing Robert Spillane, their linebacker, B.J. Finley, the center, Joe Hayden, the cornerback, and Joe Hague, the offensive uh, tackle, who's on the COVID list. So, again, short week, short turnaround. Um, yeah, it, it, injuries are going to mean a lot more at this point of the year than at any other, considering we got five games left. A lot of these teams are about to go into their final four, five or four weeks with nothing but divisional matchups. This is not good for either team with these names that are missing. No Adam Thielen means it's all on Justin Jefferson, and I'm going to try to look away because I still think he should be wearing an Eagles
1: uniform. Oh,
0: he's good. <laughs> the, oh, man, don't remind me. I, I still have he to deal so with Jalen. good. Rager.
1: I mm. can't believe he just came into the league and is putting up these numbers. This kid is amazingly good at football.
0: Thank you, Monty. Thank you. I I, I hadn't noticed. 1,400 yards this really an year athlete. and already over 1,000 right now. He's, it hurts. He's really good it at football. Hurt. It really hurts. It hurts so much. <laughs> Moving on to Sunday, where there are clinching scenarios for the Packers, um, the Arizona Cardinals, and I believe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Can all clinch a playoff spot or the division with wins or and help not wins flat out. We're not going to get into all the scenarios, but they need wins and help. We'll say that for right now. The specifics are too confuddled to get into, but we'll start with the first Sunday game at one o'clock, which is the San Francisco 49ers at the Cincinnati Bengals. The Niners move up one spot uh, from 15 to 14 in the Bengals fall from 11 to 12 how did the niners move up when they lost to the seahawks somehow the niners are one point favorites. um monty while you and our shadowy background figure are taking the niners i'm going with the power ranker power rankings and i'm choosing the cincinnati Bengals for the simple fact that last week was a blip against the chargers and you know they found themselves down early i believe it was like what 24 to 3 they started up ferocious comeback, got it to 24-22. Joe Mixon fumbles, and the game pretty much turns at that point, and they never really get back into the game. But they had something going when they swung momentum until they lost it. I don't see that happening again, especially not to the San Francisco 49ers. Look, the Niners are a talented squad. Running back by committee, pretty much plug and play, put anybody back there, even Debo Samuel. But this is the Bengals team that got punched in the mouth last week by a conference foe that was also vying for a playoff spot and the Bengals can still win their division. Yeah. I I don't see them dropping this one to the San Francisco 49ers, but uh, your take on it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, actually one of the best good lineup, uh, good matchups this week. I think this could go either way. I just, I think that the the 49ers running game and their plug and play kind of, you know, for the past few years, i just, the way that they control the ball. And I think their defense is, you know, a little underrated. I just, I think if they can, you know, keep it manageable and, you know, not get blown out, not fall behind where they have to give up on the running play. I think they can just kind of just do what you're seeing a lot of teams do nowadays where, you know, all these defenses are built to stop the pass. And if you are a team that can actually run the ball when you need to run, you can control the game, kind of shorten it a little bit, and then just slowly and methodically make your way down the field Um, I would probably change my pick if Debo's uh, oblique injury or whatever he's dealing with that kept him out last week keeps him out again but I'm expecting him to play and I just I think that 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 running game is going to be something that the the Steelers or the the Bengals haven't seen a lot of yet and I guess I'm a little bit concerned with isn't Joe Burrow's pinky it's on his throwing hand I just
0: Give it that a was pinky, kind of yeah. Up
1: a little bit. I I don't know. I mean, I think they're they're a talented up and coming team. I like their wide receiver too. Jamar Chase is phenomenal. Uh, Rookie got a of the year. Quiet this last month. He got off to a hot start, but I don't know. I think this game's in San Francisco. I'm going to give it to the home team, and I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring than what the Bengals are used to.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I see a defensive battle coming out of this, but like, again, the game is in Cincinnati. Weather could be a factor. I'm not expecting, let's put it this way. If it's sunny, I don't expect it to be that way for long. I mean, it's going to be cold and sensy. Uh You mentioned Joe Burrow. Yeah, he's on the injury report with the right finger and knee. Uh, he did not participate in practice on Wednesday. Uh, T. Higgins, Chris Evans also listed his question before the game. Uh, neither of them participated in practice. Uh, Tyler Shelvin, Joe Blashe, Joe Mixon also show up on the injury report. Mixon uh, does have an illness, but it's not COVID-related. So he should be good to go on Sunday as well. For the 49ers, Drake Greenlaw, uh, ab- abdomen injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Jeff Wilson Jr., Elijah Mitchell, they're running back. Uh Wilson is still in the concussion protocol and a knee injury. Mitchell is dealing with irritation in his knee. So neither one of them practiced. Debo Samuels has the groin. He didn't practice on Wednesday. It'll be interesting to see who the Niners throw back there at running back because, look, we've, we've already established that at some point Trey Lance will take over for Jimmy G because Jimmy G is not the guy because if he was the guy, they would put this offense on his back instead of relying on the run game this heavily. But he's not the guy.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'd like to see I'd like to see the rookie quarterback get some snaps, put in some of those Mickey Mouse packages, give them a couple runs on some some short short down and distance. Let's get them get them out there on the field and give the give the other team something to practice and prepare for.
0: Absolutely, but you know if they do that, they'll probably be doing Cincinnati a favor considering the chasing Baltimore Ravens, who have the next matchup here, and it's a divisional matchup playing the Cleveland Browns. Ravens move up fall from four to six in the rankings the Browns move up from 17 to 16 and the Browns this time are two and a half point favorites and Monty before I get to you because you're taking the Browns we've got this in from Don our Ravens fan my beloved Ravens are falling apart they had no room for further injuries after the brutal start to the year and that wasn't realistic expectation the offensive line has been brutal lately And I think Lamar has been looking for the home run play too much to counter that. The Browns are coming in rested off their bye week. I still think Baker's injuries will hamper him until next season. Nick Chubb was held down two weeks ago when these teams faced off. But I don't see that happening again. Too many mistakes and miscommunications can happen to the Ravens again, as they have been all season. And this cost them the game this time. Don's going Browns 24, Ravens 20. I, I, it would be fair to mention that while this is twice in three weeks that these two teams are playing, this is back-to-back for the Browns against the same opponent as they were off last week. And, yeah, Baker Mayfield is still on the injury report. But, Monty, you're, you're taking the Browns. Yeah,
1: uh, I think if, you know, if Don doesn't have faith in the Ravens, I don't know how I can.
0: Uh, I think Nick Chubb <laughs> is one of the, True. Best,
1: the best running backs in the league. Um, and I love Miles Garrett. He's one of my favorite players to watch in the league. I just, you know, these division games are always tough. I know the Ravens kind of beat up on the Browns a little bit, and I'm hoping that Baker Mayfield's injuries, you know, they've had an extra week to heal with the bye week. Um, I know they're not that explosive on offense other than Nick Chubb, but I think Kareem Hunt is coming back. Uh, They've got a couple of tight ends who can make some plays across the middle. Uh, Hopefully Juice is out there blessing them. Bless And then, uh, you know, I just – I think it's going to be a tight, close game, and I think it's going to come down to it. And I think that the the Browns – the Browns defense can make some plays. Their offense can make some plays. And the Ravens just seem like they're getting a little banged up at the wrong time. And I just – I'm giving the nod to the Browns.
0: Yeah, look, I, I, I know Don is our Raven representative. I can't see how he picked the the – picking against his own team after what happened the last time. I mean, let's remember – Lamar Jackson threw four picks the last time these two teams met Four, three and one quarter. And they still won this game 16 to 10. Right. So that tells me two things, hard hitting defenses and the Browns offense is not up to snuff. I'm sorry. I I don't know what the game plan was the first time these two teams met, but there was no reason that if both Chubb and Hunt were healthy, that they didn't each touch the ball 20 times. Like, the game plan for the Cleveland Browns going forward needs to be what Bill Belichick did with the to to, to the Bills Monday night. And, and I'm sorry, Rob, oh. for bring that up. But that should be the Cleveland offense. Like Baker Mayfield shouldn't be throwing the ball more than ten times a game. It should be his his whole playbook should should be like Tecmo Bowl with the Raiders back in the eighties. Everything is to Bo Jackson. Like just turn around, hand the ball off to the running back lined up behind you, and you just stay out the way and don't mess things up um yeah you did, a
1: and, and a couple of quick passes to hunt that guy's pretty dynamic out of the backfield i, I think exactly play action with the run i mean they, they don't have to be too complicated they just gotta they just gotta stay ahead of the down and distance you know can't give up any sacks can't make any dumb penalties i think you know it's going to be a close game just like the first one but i think the injuries absolutely were in the ravens favor two weeks ago and now i think the scales have tilted towards the other direction
0: they probably have. And speaking of the injuries, now, while Baker Mayfield is not on the injury report, we all know he's not at 100% based on the way he's played going into the bye week. Um, David Njoku, however, the tight end, will miss this game. He has been placed on the reserve COVID list. Uh, Harrison Bryant, their backup tight end, has also been ruled out for this game with an ankle injury. Uh, Jarvis Landry has a knee injury. He is questionable and didn't practice on Wednesday. Anthony Schwartz, another wide receiver, is in concussion protocol. So I mean, they've got some outside skill position players who are banged up. Cleveland run the football. Trust me, you, you want to run the football even if it doesn't look like it's working. Uh, Ronnie, so who, Harrison, who are you picking, safety. James? I'm picking the Ravens. <laughs> I'm still okay, picking the right. Ravens. All look, right. Ronnie Jackson, their safety, Malik Jackson, the defensive tackle for the Browns, also listed as questionable. The Ravens uh, injury report has Miles Boykin, who has a finger injury, was limited in practice. Uh, Brandon Stevens, their corner, uh, Anthony Everett, and uh, Kayvon Seymour, uh, another corner. They're all listed as questionable. Seymour was activated off of the reserve COVID list. Uh, they did lose uh, Marlon Humphrey this past week due to uh, injury reserve with a uh, torn pec muscles. So we'll see how their secondary bounces back. Calais Campbell, Anthony Levine, Patrick Richard. They also show up as questionable on the injury report as well. So, yeah, look, you're right. Injuries have flipped now, and they're, they're more so on the Ravens' side than the Browns' side. But, again, that Browns' offense didn't perform well the last time these two met, and they were more healthy than the Ravens' D. And this time, they're a little banged up. So,
1: uh, oof. You got to love that, uh, that. They made the rounds the last time they played when uh... – Lamar Jackson just kept slipping out of uh, Miles Garrett's uh, grasp and made that play at the end of the game. And just that smile of miles Garrett walking back to the bench. Like, what are you going to do? The guy's good, man. Like for anyone who's talking smack about Lamar Jackson, I mean, when the best in the business are just looking at the sidelines, shaking their head, like there's nothing I can do. I mean, that guy, it's fun to watch. It should be a good game.
0: Yeah, man. Basically he just patted Lamar in the helmet was like good play walks off. And, uh, Who was the other defensive end? Because you can see him in the picture, too, slamming his helmet on the ground. That was Clowney. Clowney slamming his helmet. Like, he couldn't believe it. Garrish is giving him props. Like, we did everything we could do, and he does this. Like, dap him up and walk to the bench. So,
1: I think if Lamar (sighs) Jackson starts running out of the pocket, he could take the game over himself. But it seems like he's trying to make some plays down the field with his arms and just seems to be a – like a half a beat off off timing with some of his wide receivers. Definitely. But he's definitely yeah, he's... capable of taking over if he chooses to do that or the Browns allow him to do it, I guess.
0: Yeah, as long as he's not pressing too much, he just lets it come to him, he'll be fine. The next 1 o'clock game has the Jacksonville Jaguars heading to the Tennessee Titans. Jacks are 31 in our power rankings, holding there the Titans fall from 8 to 10. They are 8.5-point favorites. We are all taking the Titans. And this one, is there any reason to have hope in the Jaguars at this point in the season, um, based on how they played so far this season?
1: I mean, I don't know what that team's identity is. I know they got the new uh, uh, new quarterback, the rookie quarterback, but I haven't seen Trevor him in very yeah. many plays. He's not he, – you know, I thought he was going to be a little more mobile than what we've seen this year. Granted, I don't watch that many Jaguar games, but I haven't seen him on the highlight reel either. I uh, just, you know – They don't really have an identity. I know they've got the running back, James Robinson. Uh, Had a good year last year, but he's been kind of quiet this year. um, I just – I don't think they have enough uh, talent on that team to compete with. I know the Titans are banged up and got a lot of injuries, and I know uh, Jordan, our Titans fan, always kind of gives us the rundown of another player lost on another day. But I still think the coaching staff and, you know, whoever's left on the Titans – is going to be able to put away whoever's uh, starting for the Jaguars.
0: Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned James Robinson. For
1: whatever reason,
0: the the Jaguars haven't been playing him a lot lately, but Trevor Lawrence is, is there in his corner saying that he needs to be on the field for this team to have success, and he would know he's out there. And I don't understand why arguably the best player in your offense is not on the field what the reasons are behind the kind co- the of ho- the coaching staff doing that you know I I've, I've dealt with something similar to this this whole season where you know in Philly with Miles Sanders and it looks like the same things happening to James Robinson they're pulling him out either at crucial times or trying to give other guys you know chances to showcase their talents and look this is the NFL this is not participation awards i get it it's your first year you're trying to see what you have but that's that what coach the preseason was for? That coach yeah. is an idiot. Uh, well, that goes without saying, but James Robinson was, what, in the running for rookie of the year and very well probably should have won it, undrafted, led, led all rookies in rushing his first year? Un- undrafted. <laughs> Th- that missed the He was undrafted and led all rookies in rushing the year he he, he, he came out. Like, how do you not feature this guy in some way, shape, or form in your offense? Like, I, I get it. You got the shiny toy in Trevor Lawrence. And you want to showcase his arm talent. But like you said, he hasn't been making a lot of plays, and he's not scrambling probably because he realizes that at this level, everybody runs fast. Like, in college, you could probably get away from a handful of people, you know, with his l- lanky frame because, what, Lawrence is six four or something like that? He, he's
1: pretty tall. But on this level, another two inches from his hair.
0: I mean, sure. But at this level in the NFL, everybody can run fast. I mean, it's not just the DBs who are the fastest people you want to deal with. No, the, the linebackers and some of the linemen too can run you down from behind. So that's probably why you haven't seen a lot of, you know, him making plays. Look, the Titans offense is still injury riddled. Um, Julio Jones and and the like still show up on the injury report. Um, They can get things going just by being steady. Tannehill needs the balance, though. They, They can't put everything on Tannehill, even if the running game only generates 80 yards, which, look, Henry would normally get falling out of bed and coming off the bus. They still need to get those 80 yards rushing to keep the defenses honest that they're going to face going down the stretch. They can't blow this lead because, I mean, the only thing in their favor is that they've already swept the Colts. Losing games is going to cost them this division uh, lead that they currently have, and they can't afford to drop any more games down the stretch. They can kiss the first round bye goodbye, but they can still win their division. But it starts with beating the Jaguars. Um, and for the Titans to get in more depth with that, uh, Julio Jones has been placed on injury reserve today with a hamstring, um, even though he did participate Locker. in practice. So it's a short-term thing. Uh, <laughs> who else are they missing here on offense? Uh, Racy McGath was designated to return from injury reserve for, with his quad with his quad injury. That's another wide receiver. Uh, Dwayne Cruz has been designated to return from injury reserve. That's a quarterback. Monty Rice was placed on injured reserve. So, I mean, they've got players coming and going here. Uh, Elijah Moden is questionable. That's their corner. Danico Autry, their defense in. Harold Landry, the linebacker, their list is questionable as well. So, they are getting some pieces back. I don't know how much of an impact they can have. But, again, despite it being a divisional opponent, it is the Jaguars. And the Jaguars list, Miles Jack, Malcolm Brown, Josh Allen, As all questionable, James Robinson has a a heel and knee injury. He was a limited participant in practice this week, and we'll move on to our next one o'clock game, which has Monty's Raiders, who move up one spot from 16 to 15, against Nick's Kansas City Chiefs, who fall who also move up from five to four. The Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites, and um, Monty, I'm going to let you before, go first here because
1: – Before you read Nick's little write-up here, let's just take a minute here. All right? So, ever since the Chiefs defense has starting playing better, Nick is just – he's insufferable. I mean, I just he want to is. let anyone out there who's listening know, like, we all agree, Nick is – he's just he's, – he's the absolute worst. When his team is doing <laughs> good, he just picks up little bits that I wrote four months ago and throws it back in my face. He, just, he does everything he can to just – like, he's just – he's such a petty, tiny, just uh, – uh, just, I just want to get that off my chest first and foremost, okay? Uh, second, uh, I think the part about the Raiders that sucks amongst many of the other things that are well-documented on the show is their defensive coordinator, Gus Bradley, went into the uh, last matchup with the Chiefs, and he kind of did one of those, like, stupid – coaching moves where he's like, we're going to do what we do. We're going to play our cover three scheme no matter what. And rather than, you know, most of the league has been doing kind of a Tampa cover two playing safeties two back deep and making, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes, dink and dunk his way down the field, at least slow him down a little bit. Uh, Gus Bradley decided not to do that. And uh, the Chiefs put up 40 points without even breaking a sweat. So clearly that did not work. So Gus Bradley either needs to learn from his mistakes, adapt, evolve, grow, uh, see what he can do to do something different because the last time didn't work. And then with uh, Greg Olson and Rich Passaccia, uh on the offensive side, they're just so conservative. I mean, the season's kind of a wash. They lost uh, the Washington football team and the Giants. Any legitimate chance of going to the playoffs is over So these two are more than likely not going to have their jobs going into next year. So they got nothing to lose, man. Like go for it. Fourth down and short, go for it. You got nothing to lose. You've got nothing to prove just, you know, running it on third and four and getting three yards consistently. It sucks. You're not doing anybody any favors. Just call a different play and go for it. Show a little spirit, you know, like go down swinging, punch somebody in the nose, like just do something, show a little bit of heart out there. Uh, and if they don't, they're going to get smoked again. But I- I'm just, I'm, I'm going with the Raiders. I think they're going to win this game because the Chiefs are going to put it in cruise control, and I think the Raiders are just going to call something different. So now let's listen to Nick's snide little comments. I'm sure he's having a great time. Uh, I'm going to go grab a beer. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Nick does right in here, Kansas City Chiefs home at the loudest outdoor stadium in the NFL versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I'd just like to start by saying that Monty is truly just a jewel of this podcast, not only knowledgeable as a fan, but most importantly, a classy and respectful commentator. I could ask for nothing better than a cherished division rival. <laughs> The Chiefs are now one down, two to go in their three-game division spree with Vegas coming back as the team KC has been beaten most decisively this year. But Vegas can't really plan on calling that same defense again, can they? Either way, there may not be the same offense sparks that we are used to seeing from the Chiefs yet again. For years, the Mahomes Chiefs have been a front-running squad on both sides of the ball with an offense to put up and sit on the lead and defenses with uh, talented, almost overloading areas designed to be aggressive on third downs against teams trying to catch up. The anemic offense output from this flying offense has been weird, but it's starting to look at least like some of it's going according to game script. The Chiefs are still the league's most potent offense on their first two drives, and now that they have a defense they can trust, it seems like Reed has just decided a single-score lead is good enough to start sitting on the football, particularly as he probably tries to save a few flashy bits of the playbook for the playoffs. The problem is that the Chiefs have never been particularly fundamentally sound team. They just overcame a smattering of drops and penalties and the like with big plays that blew the game open. Now that defenses are selling out to stop anything deep and they're forcing the 15-play drives, each of those individual screw-ups has the potential to kill a drive which is what we've been seeing. Luckily, this defense has not just been good, it's been ferocious. And it hasn't mattered that the Chiefs have left the barn door open for an opponent to come back for most of the game. That feels bound to bite them eventually, but it also feels like Casey always has a few more big plays up their sleeves against Vegas than any other opponent prediction. The Chiefs help the Vegas Faders fade the rest of their season away 27-13. Monty, I, I still have to, like, pick my brain on this one because you mentioned losing last week to the Washington football team. And you lost to the Giants, but then you turn around and you you basically manhandled Dallas in a game that was closer than it should have been on Thanksgiving Day. You mollywap my Eagles. I don't know what to make of your team, man.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, first of all, it's a perfect response. by Nick. Just when I go into a little tirade about how he is it, just that guy, man. Something about that guy, man. He just, he's just—he's always ah, he's got me. Uh, but the Raiders kind of play to their competition, you know. Like when they played on that Thanksgiving game, it was aggressive, like down the field play calls. And then the other games, it's just they're going to hand it off on third and four, and just it's, I don't know what to make of them either, man. Like I don't know, I don't I know that uh, Carr's got a lot of leeway to uh, make some 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 audibles at the at the line of scrimmage. So maybe it's kind of one of those things, like uh Matt Ryan, where he's like the algorithm, right? Your defense can kind of give him a look pre-snap that baits him into changing the play into something less aggressive, and the Cowboys didn't do that. Or, I mean, I, I can't explain it, but it just boggles my mind on a third down play when they end up either calling a pass play that doesn't even go past the sticks or they just audible to a run. When your season is over, like it is for the Raiders, uh, I mean, not mathematically, but pretty darn close, just go for it, man. You got nothing to lose. Like go for it on fourth down. Throw, you know, I I know that Waller being out last week hurt the offense a lot, but man, I I don't know. Like if they can't get the pass rush uh, to hit Mahomes in the mouth, they got no chance. Uh, And they got to, they got to change it up. You can't play deep three where you split the field into, into thirds and, and not expect Patrick Mahomes to light you up. So Hopefully they are learning from their mistakes and can adapt, which is Gus Bradley played, you know, with the Chargers defense against the Chiefs twice last year, once already with the rate. Like, you got to know what works and what doesn't work. And if you're too, you know, arrogant or stubborn to try something different, you can expect a different result. Yeah, look,
0: the good thing about this is that for every fan in this division, everybody's at least 500. So – It's not out of the realm, but you might want to start making some moves. The uh, injury report for the Kansas City Chiefs has Rashard Felton, Chris Lemons, the cornerbacks, both listed as questionable. Uh, For the Raiders, Tyree Gillespie uh, was designated to return from injury reserve with his hamstring. Kenyon Drake was placed on injury reserve. Uh, Markell Lee, the linebacker, Quentin Jefferson, a defensive tackle. Uh, they're both listed as questionable and Nick Kwiatkowski was placed on injury reserve with an ankle injury. during Waller with his knee injury didn't practice on Wednesday and running back
1: Jalen Rashard was placed on the COVID list.
0: So some things you have to deal they're with hoping, there. Carl they're, hoping to get,
1: they're hoping to get Jalen uh, back from COVID. And I think it's typical for Waller not to practice on Wednesday, gets one of those like veteran day off type deals. So we'll have to see on Saturday if he's, practicing or not but i I think he's going to come back i know they're hoping for jalen richard to come back but yeah they're beat up on the linebacker core they signed will compton to come in for depth but yeah i mean it's that time of year i think everybody you know woe was me for the raiders you try to talk to the saint super fan or the titan super fan everybody's got a laundry list of people who are getting banged up
0: absolutely uh the next match up here who talk about injuries the new orleans saints who fall from 19 to 23 and keep falling in our power rankings, are five-and-a-half-point favorites somehow as they travel to the New York Jets, who hold steady at 29. And, um, Monty, you you and I are, are going with the Jets in this one, but <laughs> our Saints fan does send us a little something here. Uh, Jets versus Saints, a.k.a. the who gives a blank bowl. Y- you can pretty much fill in the blank yourselves, listeners. Blah, 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 rinse and repeat from the previous week. The only thing that has changed is Taysom Hill, Cam Jordan, and Deontay Harris will be added to the injury report and probably not play. So, in short, I'm just here so I don't get fined by a million. Is Is it really that bad for the Saints?
1: I mean, I don't know what a mallet finger is. All I know is Russ Wilson had one, and he's still not playing like the way you expect Russ Wilson to play. I know Taysom Hill can run the ball, but if you saw film on that all last week and you're preparing for it, I'm assuming you're going to spy on that and say, all right, mallet, thumb, or mallet finger, you're going to have to pass to beat us, and we'll see where that goes. I do think Alvin Kamara is supposed to be coming back this week, so that's probably going to help, but I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm, I put Adam and Eve on a raft, cup of muck, wreck and an upset special. I want to see what yeah. the uh, rookie quarterback can do. I like their wide receiver Elijah Moore. Hopefully, he plays. I saw him on the injury report, and I think uh, the the Jets coach. I kind of like him too. So I'm hoping that the injuries are just too much for the Saints, and they're starting to lose hope, and the scrappy Jets can go out there and and give them all they can handle. Well, you
0: did mention the injury report here. And look, for the Saints, I'm sorry. It's it's getting worse because Cameron Jordan and Mark Ingram have been placed on the reserve COVID list. They're both out for this week as of right now. Um, So you're talking about one of your best defensive players, arguably your best defensive lineman. A key part of your offense, uh, Alvin Kamara does not show up on today's injury report as of yet so we know that he is injured because he went in the last week injured uh not a hundred percent and didn't play he practiced so, uh-uh. he first
1: full practice on wednesday so they're thinking he's gonna make it back
0: so i mean they have him that helps
1: with Taysom hill
0: it's a nice little one-two combo but like you said if the jets decide to pin their ears back and be like you're not going to beat us running the football this could get dicey and close and yeah i can see the jets pulling this out. Look. I, My Eagles don't have the greatest defense in the world. They don't. The the, the defensive coordinator is a moron, walking idiot. I don't understand how he can chew gum and walk at the same time, honestly. With some of the coverages he called in the first half against the Jets, there's no reason. And look, there's talent on the Jets' offense. Not good enough to score in three straight drives, though, in the first half. I think the only thing that kills the Jets this week is whoever's out there kicking field goals for them. Because last week, after the dude missed the second extra point, they pretty much benched him before the game. And they decided, we're not kicking field goals. We're not kicking extra points. If we score a touchdown, we're going for two. This is the game plan going forward. I think this is the fourth or fifth week in a row they've had, they're going to have a different kicker on their roster. I'm not even sure who it is going to be yet. Probably won't know until the end of the week maybe even right before the game who's going to be kicking for them, but I'm pretty sure they're going to sign someone else off the street or off another team's practice squad, but they need help. I mean, nothing. they're still a mess.
1: You got nothing still to a mess, win,
0: man. Go for it. Absolutely. Look, they're still a mess, but they're playing at home and I can't trust the saints outdoors. I'm sorry. I, I never have. I never will trust the saints outdoors. I, I just can't do it. Uh, other injuries on the Saints include tackle Ryan Ramchek, defensive end Marcus Davenport, linebacker Caden Ellis, offense tackle Taron Armstead. They all show up as questionable. C.J. Gardner-Johnson was placed on injury reserve today. Um, they don't necessarily say what the injury is. And linebacker Pete Warner is questionable as well. For the Jets, C.J. Mosley has a back injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday, so he's questionable. Tight end Traven Wesco is questionable with an ankle injury. Uh, Brandon Echols, their cornerback, was designated to return from injury reserve. But Blake Cashman, their linebacker, has been placed on the COVID list. He'll miss the game. He also has a growing injury. Uh, Ryan Griffin, their tight end, has an ankle injury. He's going to be questionable. And uh, Makai Becton uh, is able to return this season, but they are still not sure when. Tevin Coleman and Elijah Moore. Coleman's in a concussion protocol. Moore's nursing the quad. So, This just offense, look, they've been doing it with duct tape to basically fill the offense and and, and an entire team this season. Things will turn up sooner than later for them, just probably not before the season is over with. The next game, and I probably should have got these two jokers on earlier today to talk about this one, has the Dallas Cowboys visiting the Washington football team. The Cowboys move up from 10 to 7 in our power rankings. They are four-point favorites traveling to Washington. The football team moves up from 23 to 21. Monty, we're all taking the Dallas Cowboys. I think there's something wrong with us. But Kevin, he did write in, even though he couldn't join us on the show here. Cowboys have been playing like crap last month. Washington has won four straight. Heineke actually has been playing well, and their running game is coming on strong. Dallas finally gets Randy Gregory back this week and Neville Gallimore will be suiting up for the first time this season. The front four should be fun to watch for the Cowboys this game. Dak has been struggling. The offensive line has been a mess, and Zeke has been literal crap. Tony Pollard may not play, which is not good. If the Cowboys can stop the Washington run game and keep Payne and Allen from destroying the interior of the old line, the Cowboys should win, but the offense really has been very bad lately anyway. Cowboys 27, Washington 23. I I really wish I'd hit up Monty earlier for at least some sound on this game. Monty, what do you think before I go into my rant on these two teams that I don't care for at all?
1: I think Washington football team, as long as they can stay ahead of the chains and the down and distance, they don't fall behind, then, yeah, they can do these 15-play, slow, methodical, hand the ball off 12 times, ask Tyler Heineke, to convert a third and short and they can, you know, move the ball down the field. But I don't know. They, they, <clears throat> He won four games in a row. I think you said that four game winning streak, two yep. of those games, they only put up 17 points. I just don't think the defense is going to hold Dallas to 17. And if you know, <clears throat> a game script flips and the Cowboys get out to a two score lead, you're going to need to move the ball and put some points on the board. You're not going to be able to rely on this. I mean, Uh, Riverboat Ron and Blackjack Del Rio, two old-school coaches, and they're comfortable winning that way. But, I mean, you got to have a pretty pedestrian effort on the other side in order to keep it that way. And I just think the Cowboys are too much talent on that offense to only put up, you know, 17 points. And so, I mean, Washington has a chance, but I just don't see it happening for them.
0: Yeah, and this is a stretch where Washington plays five division games in a row. That that's that's you didn't stutter there. That's five division games in a row. Their remaining schedule is Dallas, Philly, Dallas, Philly, New York. That that's the rest of their schedule. I mean, say what you will about the schedule makers. They they really pissed the gym here for the NFC East uh, because the last five or four weeks were all playing each other in a round robin um so it it's it's going to be interesting down the stretch like you said Washington needs to stay ahead of the change i don't see how they hold the Dallas Cowboys to just 17 points unless the Dallas offense goes completely inept i guess the good thing is that the game is in Lando excuse me in uh virginia <laughs> wherever FedEx field is because it's not in dc but i mean it's a road game it's outdoors it's cold up there I'm, i already know but the run game, Zeke and the offensive line have got to get going. Yeah, Tony Pollard's generating more yards per carry, but Zeke is still their best offensive weapon um, besides Dak, and they, they've they got to find some stability in you know, putting touchdowns on the board early and often, not relying on Dak to pull Magic out of a hat late. Uh, the injury report does have Tony Pollard on it. He didn't practice due to a foot injury, Cedric Wilson. Uh, limited capacity of practice on Wednesday with his ankle injury. Donathan uh, Wilson, their safety, uh, will undergo further testing to determine whether he'll return this season uh, due to his shoulder injury. Uh, Blake Jarwin, their tight end, uh, McCarthy says that it's possible that he does take the field again sometime this season, but not yet. Uh, uh, excuse me. Kevin has already mentioned that Gallimore and Gregory will be suiting up for this game, so. Uh, That's help on the defense there. They got players coming back for Washington. Curtis Samuel has a growing injury. He was limited in practice. Landon Collins has a foot injury. He missed Wednesday's practice. Brandon Scher, the guard, title loss in their center. Uh, They are listed as questionable, along with tight end Ricky Seals-Jones. And linebacker Jammin Davis, the rookies in concussion protocol. J.D. McKissick, also in concussion protocol. And uh, Montez Sweat, their stellar defensive end, he has a jaw – injury and he was also placed on the reserve covid list on Wednesday Logan Thomas they placed him on injury reserve um but they're not ruling him out for the rest of the season uh he does have a knee injury with several sprained ligaments in his knee the uh, next game here on the docket has the Atlanta Falcons who move up from 27 to 26 going to the Carolina Panthers who also move up from 26 to 24 the Panthers are two and a half point favorite in MJ Another regular who stabbed me in the back, uh, he does send us this. Uh, the Dirty Birds head to Charlotte to take on the Carolina Panthers. The Falcons come off yet another loss at home, and this time to the Bucks. The Dirty Birds are sitting at 5-7, and seven, but I still think my team has a few more wins in them. Last week, the team looked good, but the Bucks looked better. The defense did what they could to stop the Bucks, But the team has one of the best to ever play the game at QB – um, I don't really think there's a lot to talk about when it comes to the upcoming game. Both the Dirty Birds and the Panthers are sitting at 5-7, five, five and seven, trying to find a way to make something good happen. This is the second time these two teams meet this season. And I think this will be a good game. While the Panthers do have Cam Newton back in the center, the rest of the team's not changed much. I see the Dirty Birds pulling away with this win, 27-21. And them not being at home is their biggest advantage. Wow, uh, home cooking not working for the Falcons. There, uh, Monty, anything to add to this one? Because I've got nothing here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think MJ might might have a little bit of hope this week. I just I never like to see coaches getting mid-fired, uh, getting fired mid-season. And the the Panthers let go of uh, is it Joe Brady? They let go of their offensive coordinator. The yeah, Joe Brady wasn't wasn't running the ball enough for uh, Matt Rule's liking, so they're bringing in someone new to call the plays, and, you know, sometimes people could rally around a new guy or whatever, but I think that kind of came as a shock to, 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 at least the talking heads that I was watching on TV, imagine that there's a little bit of uh you know, sideways look in the, uh, the Panthers' team meetings, and they find out the guy they've been going to battle with here all season just got the S can, so, I don't know man I I think there's a little disarray without uh you you design your entire offense around one guy namely a running back when uh CMC is a stud but when he's hurt and out and the, his little frame you know that seems to happen a lot at least the last few years that they kind of put them in a in a spot so I don't know I mean Cam I, I'd like to see Cam run a little bit and do the Super Bowl our Superman Superman pose to the home hometown fans but I just Something something doesn't feel right of what's going on in Carolina right now.
0: Nah, it really doesn't because I mean Cam's first game he didn't even start. You know they they designed a couple of plays for him. He ran for a touchdown. He threw for another early. It was quite the upset when they beat the Cardinals. Uh, of course they were without Kyler Murray at the time, but ever since then he's looked like the Cam Newton who played for Bill Belichick last year in New England. I mean he's throwing the ball downfield. But he's not finding his receivers or he's late because everything has been either incomplete or interception. And those, one of those things is definitely not good. So considering he's only been with the facility for the better part of a month, not even a full four weeks, I still don't understand how you fired Joe Brady. I mean, they had already decided they were shutting down Christian McCaffrey for the season pretty much right after Cam got back to Carolina How is it Joe Brady's fault that things are going the way they're going? I mean, they also shut down uh, Sam Darnold as well several weeks prior, which is what prompted them to sign Cam Newton. I mean, yeah, there's going to be energy in his arm because he hasn't thrown in basically a year. But I don't know. Like you said, it's a mess. I did pick Carolina I don't know why. I, I probably just misstepped here. I should probably ride with the Falcons on this one, but like MJ said, being on the road may be the best thing for them. I I just don't know. Neither one of these teams pretty much spark anything that says they can make noise in the playoffs or scare any of the current division leaders. I mean, the Falcons just got swept by the Bucks, And I don't know yeah. if last week's game looked worse than the first time, but it was pretty much rinse and repeat. They they made it look interesting for half the game, and then pretty much they just out of it for the latter half of the game. So,
1: the only thing that interests me about the Falcons is what they're going to do with Matt Ryan going forward. Because there's their season, whether they win a couple more games or not. I mean, they're not going anywhere, and they got some bigger questions they're going to need to to figure out. Absolutely, uh, the Falcons
0: injury report does have. Hayden Hurst returning from uh, injury reserve uh, with his ankle injury. Uh, Jonathan Bullitt, their defensive end, is questionable for the game. The Carolina Panthers have Michael Jordan, their guard, listed as questionable. Trent Scott, uh, their tackle was placed on the COVID reserve list. Uh, Cameron Irving, their other tackle, uh, has been designated to return from injury reserve with his calf injury. So one player going down, another one coming back. Should help things out there a bit. Uh, moving on here to the next 1 o'clock game, we have the Seattle Seahawks traveling to Houston to take on the Texans. The Seahawks move up one spot from 28 to 27. The Texans, the Texans somehow fall <laughs> from 30 to 32 <laughs> in our power rankings. The Seahawks are eight-point favorites. And, um, Monty, while you, the power rankings, everybody else who, who filled out the pick sheet is going with the Seahawks, I am crazy enough to go with the Houston Texans. Um, I like it. Look, I, I, I say as long as Tyrod Taylor is healthy, he, 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 he you know, they should win this game. Unfortunately, I, I'm just now seeing the injury report. It says here that because of his wrist injury, uh, he is practicing on Wednesday, but isn't expected to start Sunday's game against the Seahawks. If they turn this game over to Davis Mills, I mean, just – just don't even show up. Like, honestly, I've seen the Texans offense under Davis Mills. It doesn't exist. I don't know who the running backs are, but they should get the ball probably 50 times in the game. Uh, that'd be David Johnson and whoever else is in the backfield. But I don't trust his offense with Davis Mills. I don't care what anyone else says as far as like, oh, well, he has potential and he has upside. They've that potential and upside for next season when he gets his playbook under his belt. I've seen enough of Davis Mills this season. I want more Tyrod Taylor. I want to see him on keepers and, and, and quarterback design runs, a couple of read options to get him out of the pocket. That, that's where he's most effective. Don't just straight drop back pass with him. Can he do that? Yes, but it's not the strength of his game as a quarterback. It, it is one of those tricks in the bag that he has. Your biggest strengths with Tyrod is try to get him on the perimeter, make him have a defense, scramble the broken play, that type of thing. For the Seahawks, Russ doesn't look healthy. Like you mentioned the finger injury earlier with another quarterback we talk about, Russ does not look 100% with his injury because they looked horrible for like the first 15 to 20 minutes of last week's game against the 49ers. And if it wasn't for that fake punt that went for a touchdown like 75 yards out, I don't know that they win that game. Because that basically was the difference in the game was that play, that first touchdown they scored off the fake punt.
1: Those seven points. I mean, I'll, I, everything you're saying 100% true. And then another thing, too, someone in Russ's camp, either his agent or somebody, is letting out that there's three teams Russ would accept a trade with. And that can't sit well with your teammates in the locker room. You're out there trying to win football games, and you got nano bubbles, Mr unlimited out there talking about who he wants to play with next year. Like that doesn't seem like a good situation and his finger's not right. I mean, they should win this game. They've got more talent, but it feels like something's going on in Seattle. And uh yeah, I don't know, man. I I, I don't I, I I would li I would feel better about Houston's chances if T Mobile was the starting quarterback, but General Mills, I mean <laughs> the ball bounces The ball bounces funny in that game, and maybe the defense can make a play or two, especially if the offensive line is looking at their quarterback saying, you want to play where now? So, I don't know. Look, It'll be, it'll be an interesting I, highlight reel.
0: Absolutely it would be, but, I mean, what's going on in Seattle is not winning. I mean, they're 4-8. They're last in the division. Somehow they have an outside chance of still getting a wild card. But with – Games left in their division, I mean, I, I don't. I honestly don't see how they win more than, say, maybe two more games this season. I mean, after the Texans, they got the Rams, Bears, Lions, and close out against the Cardinals. And at that point, that last game against the Cardinals may be meaningless for Arizona, so kudos. But I don't see them beating the Rams. I mean, sure, toss up against the Bears, maybe they beat the Lions. That gets them the seven wins should they pull this out on Sunday against the Texans? Nine and eight's not going to cut it in the NFC this year. I'm sorry. Nine and eight, eight or nine, it's it's probably not going to work. Ten ten will guarantee you a playoff spot in the NFC. And they're not going to get to ten because there's just not that many games left for them. Yeah. So, I, I mean, oof. Look. Seahawks also have running backs Travis Homer, Alex Collins, um, Calf and Av, respectively, on the injury report. Wide receiver DK Metcalf has a foot injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Kadri Diggs, the safety is listed as questionable. Jamal Adams is going to undergo season injury, uh, shoulder surgery. So he's done for the year. Quietest is kept. And and look, I, I know our Seahawks fan is pretty much going to crucify me for saying this. I'm already dead to him since the beginning of the season. But maybe they're Secondary looks a little bit better without Jamal Adams back there in coverage. I'm sorry. Look, he has no impact on the defense this year at all. Somehow he caught his first interception in a Seahawks uniform a couple of weeks ago. That's just one. And it's one more than he caught last season, but he led the team in sacks for only playing 10 games last year. So, Take from that what you will, but he he doesn't have much impact on the defense this year. And I don't even understand what they're calling on defense in Seattle. But but yeah, again, like you said, if Davis Mills starts for the Texans, I, I can't in good conscience pick the Texans to win this game. Just uh, Tyrod, please get healthy enough to play on Sunday, please.
1: I'm stay, begging stay you. Stay away from the team trainers. <laughs>
0: Well, these aren't the guys in in, in, in <laughs> with the Chargers that
1: pretty much I know, you know almost killed safe. them last just be year. Be safe out there. Just be safe. Don't take Absolutely any chances. Absolutely, be safe.
0: None whatsoever. The Detroit Lions, fresh off their first victory of the season, move up from thirty-two to thirty in our power rankings. The Denver Broncos still smarting after that loss to the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night, they fall from fourteen to eighteen. They are eight and a half point favorites. The Broncos are and. um our our shadowy background figure went the opposite way of everyone else because we're all taking the Broncos and our shadowy background figure is picking the Detroit Lions as an upset. Um, there are just two things I, I want to remind our shadowy background figure about this if he's listening. To that um, one, uh, it's the Detroit Lions, and two, this game is in Denver. Um, maybe if this game was in Detroit, I could understand the upset. I'm not taking Detroit and Denver. Monty, what do you think here? You, you, you've you seen the Broncos up close and
1: personal. So, I mean, I think that the the Lions, they're tough out, right? They're not just going to roll over. Nobody wants to take that many L's on the season. And the Broncos just came after a big game. They had everything they wanted right in front of them. All they had to do was beat the, beat the, the leader of the division, the Kansas City Chiefs, and they'd have been right there in the mix, had a chance for it. The big emotional loss. So I could see a bit of a chance for just a letdown, the team to come out flat, but the Lions just don't have enough talent to to make enough plays to to, to take this game from the Broncos. I mean, I it, I'm not saying it'll never happen, because the Broncos I don't think that are as good as you know the power rankings have them either, and they just lost a big game. But I mean. I just I can't see them losing to the Lions. If it was any other team, I would I would say they'd be due for a big upset. But just because it's Detroit, I mean that's really all you got to say. I mean yeah, Denver is six and six. I think
0: they did drop their last two. So Kevin
1: Kevin but, just tweeted out that he would like to see uh, another reaction from Jared Goff's girlfriend if they do pull off the upset. So I guess there's, there's something to hope for. If you are a fan,
0: oh man look i am not gonna call myself a Jared Goff apologist, but um, and we'll get to the Rams very shortly here um before the show is over, but I don't see much difference in what Jared Goff is doing for the Lions and what his counterpart Stafford is doing for the Rams, as far as numbers. The production is as far as touchdowns and yardage. I'm not gonna say are virtually similar, but they're they're close enough to where the records of the two teams is only differentiated by the talent around the respective QBs. and, and that's all I have to go on. I mean, you hit it on the head earlier. There's not much talent on this Detroit Lions team. Um and that's pretty much why they find themselves losing games. Yeah. They've had a ton of close games this season where they lost by last-second field goals or last-second drives, you know, where they're giving up points when they shouldn't have, but they just did it to Minnesota. So in a game very well, they probably should have lost again by a last-minute touchdown. But, you know, congratulations for making Kirk Cousins look like the bum I always said he was. I appreciate that part. But outside of Swift. And in golf, there's not much in this offense, and his defense doesn't scare anybody. So yeah, Teddy Two it's Gloves
1: banged up too. I don't even think he played last week.
0: Uh, he did not play last week. He's still not practicing on Wednesday. The shoulder injury kept him out last week. It might keep him out this week, but he's only listed as questionable. Probably going to be another game time decision. Um, but look, I I believe in Teddy Two Gloves. That That's just me. I, I am a huge fan of Teddy Tugelov. I'm glad that this season he has a team in which it pretty much gave him the keys and said, you don't have to look over your shoulder. It's your squad. Because even when he got hurt, they, they did put in, who was it, Locke? They put out there, and that didn't go well. And they quickly that's gave him good. back to, to Teddy Tugelov afterwards. So, I mean, uh, unless Denver does the crazy thing in the offseason, goes out and draft the quarterback, this is Teddy's job. No, and no one's going to convince me otherwise. And they have tons of talent on this offense. Uh, two-headed monster in the backfield, stud-wide receiving
1: core. And Teddy's playing aggressive, too. He's throwing the ball down the field a little bit more than uh, he had in the past. So, I don't like to see that as a Raiders fan, it's definitely good for the Broncos.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, the injury report here for the Lions has uh, J- Jalen Reeves-Maben, their linebacker, has a shoulder injury. He did not practice on Wednesday. We already mentioned DeAndre Swift. TJ Hawkinson has a hand injury. He was limited in practice. Uh, Michael Brockers, in the defensive end, also shows up on the injury report, along with offensive linemen Halaputavadi Vaitai and Penny Sewell. So uh, they, they are banged up. In a lot nice. of places. Work
1: in. on the name pronunciation, James. Hey, man.
0: Halapulavati Vitae played for Philadelphia. I'm never going to mess that mess that up.
1: So uh oh, the, the, hats off, my friend. Tip of the hat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that the Denver Broncos list offensive tackle Bobby Massey. Uh linebacker Shelby Harris, linebacker Bradley Chubb, cornerback Bryce Callahan, uh all in the injury report. Callahan is designated to return from injury. He was out with the knee. Uh, Melvin Gordon is questionable with hip and shoulder, so he was limited in practice uh, this week as well. The next game here on the docket, and we get to hear from Crazy Jarrett, the New York Giants, who fall from 25 to 28. in our power rankings travel to L.A. to take on the Chargers, who rise from 13 to 11. The Chargers are 10-point favorites, and while everyone here is picking the Chargers, There's a reason we call him crazy, Jared. (laughs) There there just is. And, oh, Jared. Giants continue the wonderful streak of zero days without injury as Barkley is banged up yet again. Glennon's head is still swollen, but that said, he should play. But if he doesn't go, that means they're starting from, they're starting from, who just joined the team from the Buffalo practice squad. So, you know. At least he didn't have a long drive to Jersey. Giants now lead the league in players on injured reserve. This is a complete crap show. I only pray that the Chargers don't catch whatever is ailing the Giants this year. Chargers' offense is amazing. Their draft picks are all playing really well. And their quarterback is, in my opinion, an all-pro QB, clearly the top 10 in the league. Their defense is really hit and miss but has way more talent than their record in defensive rankings indicate. Look for the Chargers to absolutely feast on the Giants, uh, on Giants' decimated O-line. Only Thomas will stand up to the pass rush. The rest of the O-line is in tatters and will succumb to their injuries and poor play. If you need a lock of the week, here it is. Chargers by a billion at home. He actually says Chargers
1: 53, G-Men 23.
0: <laughs> You've seen the Chargers already this season.
1: I mean, you call him crazy, Jared. I just don't know how – I don't think math is Jared's strong suit. 53, I'm trying to do the numbers in my head right now. Like, How exactly are they going to come to 53 points? Also, if he's a top-10 quarterback, he's not necessarily an all-pro. There's really only two all-pros every year. (laughs) I don't know. I don't don't see how the numbers are are working out there, but – yeah, I mean the Chargers should win. They're more talented. The the fighting Gettleman's, you know, their defense has got a little bit of talent. Uh, they beat up on my Raiders, so I don't have much to say in that department. But yeah, that if the the Chargers should win this game, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the Chargers will win this game because there's something about the Chargers, man. They always slip on the banana peel, and it's getting to be about that time of the year where these games are a little more meaningful. And I don't know. I wouldn't lock him in if it were me. But, you know, Jared, Jared seems to know what he's doing. Hey, look, the game is in L.A. I'm inclined to lock him in. And,
0: and look, they're, they're going to be without – I mean, look, their top two quarterbacks are going to be out. I mean, no no, Danny Jones because he's still nursing a neck injury. He's officially listed as doubtful. Uh, well,
1: maybe, Maybe Jake from State Farm won't turn the ball over three times Three times a game might might play in their hands you never know
0: uh yeah i'm not counting on a guy who just joined the squad this week to come in and do something big for the giants uh especially since the way jared's been you know crazy as far as how often the offensive skill position players have been banged up and they can't even fill the entire unit at the same time someone's always missing a game because game time decision so one week saquon's out Last-minute decision. Another week, Darius Tony is out. Last-minute decision. Another week, Sterling Shepard is out. Last-minute decision. Kenny Galladay, like, these guys are in rotation. And, yeah, it looks like if all four of these guys, Tony Shepard, Barkley, and Galladay, were all healthy at the same time, playing at the same time, and they had competent quarterback play. They don't need star quarterback play. You don't need, like, Brady, Rodgers, Mahomes-level play at quarterback. You just need average solid play. Dare I say that if they had Nick Foles, maybe maybe you can see a spark in this offense, but I'm not seeing it right now. And yeah, there's a little bit of bias here because they only put up, what, 13 points against my Eagles a couple of weeks ago, and that was with everybody playing at that point. So and they did really set the world on fire in the Meadowlands.
1: I wouldn't put it past him. I've seen Big Dick Nick make some big plays and some big games. I got, I got, I got. I wouldn't put it past him to win some of these games. You didn't even mention Jared's favorite player, Evan Ingram.
0: Oh my they gosh! Some, I tried. They not got to. some
1: big names. They got some big names on on their team. There's just none of them are healthy, and when they are, they're not healthy at the same time. So it's another lost it's season. Absolutely. I don't think Gettleman and survives, and I'd be curious if the coach makes it at the end of the year as well.
0: Yeah, I'm expecting this to be a vacancy. Yeah, I, I, I'm expecting this to be one of the vacancies this coming season. Um, and, yeah, I did mention Daniel Jones with his neck injury, Glennon's and in concussion protocol. The wide receivers, Tony Shepard and Galladay, are all listed as questionable. Tony's has an oblique and didn't practice. Shepard has the quad and was limited in practice. Galladay has the ribs and didn't practice. Saquon still nursing the ankle injury, limited in practice. So, I mean, there you go. And Dory Jackson is hurt, their best cornerback. For the Chargers, Chris Harris, uh, Jr., um, was placed on the reserve COVID list, so their best cornerback is going to be out. Austin Eckler was limited in practice with an ankle injury. The center, Corey Lindley, and linebacker, Cali Frackle, also listed as questionable. Mike Williams, the wide receiver, joins Chris Harris on the reserve COVID list. He will also miss this game, along with Keenan Allen. So, uh, yeah, you got... Two receivers, your top two receivers are going to miss this game. This this should be very interesting to see if Herbert can uh, pull this out with what's left of the receiving core uh, in this one. Also, stud rookie corner Asante Samuel shows up on the injury report as questionable, along with Linval Joseph. So th- this this could be a little dicey. I c- I can see now based on the injury report how this could be dicey, but I'm still. I mean, if I, if I had money on, it, I'd bet the house on the Chargers in this one, if only for no other reason. Fromm is going to be the Giants sorting quarterback, and he just got to camp yesterday. <laughs> the
1: Chargers put That's up all I got. Points. If the Chargers put up 53 points, I'll never doubt Jared again.
0: <laughs> I don't think they put up 53 points, but I, I do think that this game will be closer than we anticipate for no reason whatsoever. Uh, the, the next game here has the Buffalo Bills mm, smarting after Monday night Traveling to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Bills fall from six to nine in our power rankings. The Buccaneers, this is right, the Buccaneers fall from eight to ten. How is this possible?
1: Yeah, that is low for the Bucks. I
0: know they're, that, they're that a little is banged low, banged up. I, oh, man. oh okay, out. that, 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 I'm sorry, the Buccaneers move up from three to two in our power rankings. There we go, that, that, that's the proper correction there. Three to two for the Buccaneers. They're not the number two team in our power rankings. So two versus nine is our matchup. Um, power rankings and everyone else here will be taking the Buccaneers. But Rob, our Bills fan, and, you know, if, if you see Rob somewhere, hug him after what happened Monday night. That was not pretty at all. Uh, he says here, don't feel so good about this one. When the Bills go against bad coaches, they do well, especially on offense. When they go against good coaches who will change things up, they are incapable of adjusting. Has happened in multiple games. They score points on sheer talent and are playing checkers. OC Brian Dayball has been figured out and has done little to change things up. Bills cannot run the ball either. Don't even know if this is a playoff team. I expect the Bucks to have a good game with Fournette. Bucks get the win, get beat by New England, then Tom Brady in consecutive weeks. Bucks 27, Bill 17, Rob.
1: Oh, you, you hate to see it. I want to go jump through a table right now just in in solidarity, man. That just, it hurts to hear.
0: I mean, they went from two weeks ago leading this division with a shot at having the one seed in the conference to being second place in their own division and barely hanging on to a current wild card spot. Like, Things fall so fast. And, you know, to, get, to Rob's credit, he's absolutely right. This offense hasn't done much to change things up. They're relying too heavily on on Josh Allen. Josh yeah, Allen, number relying, two, excuse they're,
1: me. They're relying on Josh Allen to throw the ball and make plays. Like I know their running backs aren't really there, and they're having trouble rushing the ball, but you're at that time of the year where it might be time to to draw up some design run plays for Josh Allen. Like that guy can move. And, you know, you, you just, you went down, I think they're the 50. They went from a possible one seed down to fifth. I think they're the seventh seed right now. I mean, it's yeah, kind of they're, go they're, time. They're somewhere so the wild card. If, there's, if they're hanging on to any plays that they were saving for the playoffs, I mean, the playoffs kind of start now. It's December. It's time to unleash hell. I'd like to see, you know, sixty yards rushing from Josh Allen put the uh, Buccaneers defense. You know, get away from Vita Vea and 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 move it out to the outside and kind of make some plays with his legs because it's it's kind of that time. It's t- it's go time for for Buffalo. Let's go Buffalo! Rob won a bet against me and made me sing the Buffalo song. So let's go Buffalo! It's time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, they only
0: need three more wins to get the 10 victories, but that may not be a, a, enough in the AFC. I mean, everybody who's at least 6-6 six and six has a legitimate shot of making the playoffs. Um, looking at their last five games here, and after the Bucks, that have got Panthers, Patriots, Falcons, and Jets. I mean, I see the three victories, but I really believe they should probably beat the Patriots the next time around if they really want to solidify themselves in making the playoffs, if not All having right. a shot at this division again.
1: They could certainly do the uh, super fans a favor and beat the Patriots because Pat Verchant is getting a little out of hand.
0: Oh my gosh, he is!
1: Oh, ugh. insufferable
0: doesn't begin to describe what Pat Verchance is right now to 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 this group of fans. And and if there was a volcano in the New England area, I'd throw him in it head first. The injury report for the Bills, look, the Buccaneers are the Buccaneers. It doesn't matter who's hurt. Tom's playing. He has at least one receiver, Gronkowski and Fournette, and this offense looks like it's unstoppable regardless of who else is hurt. And defense, they're playing well enough to win games. They're not stellar, but, I mean, they're not awful either. Uh, the Bills' injury report does list tight end Tommy Sweeney as questionable. Defensive tackle, Star Latula lay uh, was limited in practice uh, due to a toe injury. AJ Klein is going to be out. He's been placed on the reserve COVID list. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have Jordan Whitehead, their safety, Ali Market, the guard, Ryan Jensen, the center, and Vita Vea, the defensive tackle. They're all listed as questionable for this game. Uh, Richard Sherman has been designated to return from injury reserve, but he didn't do anything when he first suited up for them, but I don't expect much from him now. So. Take from that what you will. The Sunday night football game, Um, I, I don't know why they didn't flex us so, out so other than the matchup, has the Chicago Bears, who fall from 24 to 25 in our power rankings, traveling to Green Bay to take on Karen Rogers and the rest of the Packers. Yes, I, I still say Karen Rogers. That will not die. The Packers fall from uh two to three in our rankings. They are 12 and a half points favorites we're all going with the packers monty you say that up packers own bears uh brian our packers fan does send us a little something here (laughs) all my life i've owned you i still own you i still own you karen rogers to the bears fans in a week since you're not wrong karen you're just an a-hole the dude properly (laughs) um Packers have started to get the offense back on track with back-to-back 34-plus-point games before the bye week. Rodgers is playing with much more rhythm, likely because of the COVID. Uh, The old line, while significantly depleted, was incredibly resilient, ceding only one sack to the star-studded Rams pass rush. Expecting that to continue against a much lesser Bears unit as the calendar flips to December, I also expect a healthy dose of A.J. Dillon grinding opposing defenses. It's a fine powdery snow-like substance. Admittedly, a bit worried about the Bears trying to take out some frustration on Karen Rodgers. Defense has had a few mishaps, but in general, has been very good, especially considering how poor that side of the ball has been over the last decade. Kenny Clark has been a wrecking ball from the interior, and Rashawn Gary is one of the league leaders in pass rush win rate. I expect we'll be able to get after the Bears QBs pretty consistently. The Bears lack depth at wide receiver, although David Montgomery is a solid running back. If things go the way I think they will, hopefully he won't be much of a factor by quarter four, predicting a big Packers win 31-16. to I don't see much to dispute that. Um, the Bears pretty much are going to stick with Andy Dalton at quarterback at this point. I, it doesn't even matter who they start, honestly, right now. Um, they're a mess in – Monty, do we think this will be another coaching vacancy that we'll see come the end of the season?
1: Uh, Without a doubt. Dead man walking, Matt Nagy, and I think he's the special kind of an a-hole who, even though I, I think Justin Field is practicing, so there's a chance that he could play this weekend, but even if he does, Nagy's not going to utilize his talents and just try to force a square peg into a round hole and have him stand back there and get teed off by the Packers. So. A lot of, I think Justin Fields will have some some good games in Green Bay. Uh, eventually, just this isn't the year.
0: No, nah, absolutely not. Um, look, we, we, we've seen this movie before. We know how this ends. I mean, I mean the last time I remember a Sunday night game between the Bears and the Packers, Aaron Rodgers was knocked out of the game in the second quarter, came back in the fourth and pulled Magic out of his rear end. And uh, Bears fans are still probably whining over that one. Sorry for you. Week six was not an aberration. Um, this isn't a spoiler. It, I mean, it's just a way of life. <laughs> as long as this dude is still behind center, and uh, this, I mean, the defense has not been completely healthy since week two.
1: <sighs> yeah, Khalil. Bear, once Khalil, once Khalil Mack went on the IR for the season, I stopped paying attention. Absolutely. I don't know how they generate pressure on Rogers.
0: I mean. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Bears fans, um, but, the, you know, I'm going to kick this dead horse. Injury report for the Bears has Marquise Goodwin, Damian Williams, Allen Robinson, David Montgomery, uh, Christian Jones and Travis Gibson, the linebackers. Andy Dalton didn't practice on Wednesday, so, yeah, we might see <laughs> – we might see some fields on Sunday. Akeem Hicks, Mario Edwards, uh, they are all listed on the injury report. Uh. Robinson, nursing the hamstring, you don't want that from your wide receiver, and Goodwin has a foot injury. The uh, Green Bay Packers showed Devontae Adams, limited participant in practice, due to a hamstring injury. Randall Cobb, nursing the growing injury, didn't practice. Karen Rogers, with his toe, of course, didn't practice. Jair Alexander has been designated to return from injury reserve. And uh, the Packers are hopeful that Zadarius Smith is able to return probably this week, maybe next week. That would be a big help for their defense. David Bakhtiari is listed as questionable. Uh, he suffered a knee injury. So, uh, yeah, Bears loaded injury report. Packers players coming back. This is not a good recipe for the Packers. So let's just move on to Monday night football in a game that, Early in the season, looked great on paper, but so far this year has pretty much looked like a total mismatch. The L.A. Rams, who move up from 9 to 8 in the power rankings, travel to Arizona to play our number one-ranked Arizona Cardinals. They are two-and-a-half-point favorites. And, Monty, am I seeing this correctly? You're you're picking
1: the Rams to win this game? I am. I I think Aaron Donald is going to mess up up the Arizona uh, victory tour, you know, once the the Cardinals have had a great season, they've jumped off to a, you know, lead. They're starting to, you know, sneak a peek down the calendar at what's going to happen in the playoffs, getting this one seed all lined up. Division games are always closer than you think, regardless of the records. I think Aaron Donald is the best player on the field. I know that uh, Rodney Hudson has been a little banged up early in the year. I'm sure he's back by now, but... I remember Rodney Hudson. He is no match for an Aaron Donald, so he's going to need all the help he can get. If uh, the Rams defensive line, you know, the Von Von Millers of the world can get a little pressure as Aaron Donald demands a triple team, I think there's going to be some opportunity for the uh, Rams defense to make some plays. I think Kyle is a very talented player, but, man, it feels like – DeAndre Hopkins is kind of his his uh, pacifier, his little safety net. And he just throws <laughs> the ball straight up in the air and Nook goes up and gets it. Well, Nook hasn't been 100% this year. He's a little banged up himself. Jalen Ramsey can play defense, I just I got a feeling that the uh the Rams are going to you know, they're they're going to make some plays on Monday night. It's A big game. I just I, something about it. I'm just feeling it. I'm I'm smelling Adam even on on the rack.
0: And, and look, I, I don't begrudge you for picking them, but I will remind you that when the Cardinals raced out to that seven and zero perfect record to start the season, before falling to the Packers in Week Eight, uh, Week Number Four at L. A. thirty seven twenty in favor of the Cardinals, and uh, that 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 score, the game was nowhere near that close. If anyone watched that game, because that's still fresh in my memory, the way they. They bludgeoned the Rams out the gate in their own stadium, okay? Mm-hmm. A- and for everyone who was riding the Rams in the beginning of the year because they got Stafford and he was a better QB than Goff, and this is what they were going to need to you know, finally get over the hump. Well, they assumed the hump they were going to be getting over was Frisco and Seattle, and that hasn't happened. The new hump they got to get over is Arizona. And look, I get it. Murray pretty much scrambles back there sometimes broken plays like you said throws it up to Nuke that probably won't happen with Ramsey pretty much being locked on him but there are on schedule plays that Murray can still make to uh, to to Green to Christian Kirk you know um,
1: they they should yeah, get I'm, Chase Edmonds back for this day, game I'm, I'm they the biggest, still have James John biggest, Connor James Conner, excuse uh, me Kingsbury. Kingsbury, I don't know about that guy for a head coach. You just, you know, things went his way the first time around. Is he going to change up everything to keep the Rams guessing this time around? Is he going to be like, oh, that was easy. I'm just going to go through the motions again. I don't know. I got a feeling that Aaron Donald is a little bit salty about what happened the last time around, and he's going to do a little bludgeoning of his own.
0: And, look, I I hear you because, look, they took Aaron Donald out of the first matchup. He was not a factor, and – Von Miller does help, but what the Rams did, I mean, what, 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 what the Cardinals were able to do the first time, i say they take everything that works and probably tweak it just a little bit because, yeah, now you're dealing with, with Von Miller along with Aaron Donald. Probably, you know, a tandem you, you don't want to play around with. It would be interesting to see if, you know, they split them on opposite sides of the line or have them lined up on the same side of the center. to to force the Cardinals' blocking scheme in some situations. That'll be interesting to see if they do that. Uh, But defensively, though, I like this Cardinals' defense. And Goff, I mean, you know, last week was the first time in a month he didn't throw a pick six. Congratulations, I guess.
1: Who are the pass rushers in Arizona?
0: (laughs) The entire freaking Chandler, defense.
1: Isn't Chandler Jones on IR? J.J. Watts on IR? They just got who, – who's out there? Who are their big guys? I mean, Chandler Jones
0: isn't on IR. He's not even on the injury report.
1: Oh, is he still playing? I thought he was on IR for the season.
0: I mean, he, he's he been quiet the last couple of weeks. I think they've been, you know, taking it slow with him to make sure he doesn't injure. But, no, as of right now, he, he does not show up on the injury report. Uh, So, I, I –
1: I, I will say that he's a stud. He's a stud. I guess he, I, thought, he I didn't is. know him. No, nah, he's he still playing. Look, they everything, just, everything you're saying is accurate. They're they're a great team. They're number one in the power rankings. Number two in my personal power rankings,
0: just because I'm not a, <laughs> Kings,
1: I'm not a Kingsbury guy myself. But um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I just I want to see Aaron Donald punch his team in the mouth just so I can see how they respond. Well, look, they still have Jordan Phillips.
0: They've got, you know, stud linebackers who can blitz in Jordan Hicks, Isaiah Simmons, Marcus Golden. You know, they, they've been known to bring pressure off the edge with the corners. Murphy, Albert, Buddha Baker, Jalen Thompson. So, I mean, this is, I don't think their defense gets enough credit because of all the craziness that goes on with their offense and those, those players and what they do. And I think that's an injustice to this defense. You know, they they like you said, they play well. They just don't get the notoriety. And the question you asked was valid because no one talks about their defense. You know, when we, we when we talk about matchups with the with the Rams, that's the only defense we tend to talk about, justifiably so, but really only because of one person more than the the entire unit. And granted, yeah, now they've got three studs on defense, but those three people can be neutralized. I mean, Donald Donald, we've already you know, discussed year in and year out how he can be taken out if you run at him, pretty much let him rush into the backfield. You create a void where he was. You run there. You're pretty much going to get five to ten yards of pop. Jalen Ramsey can be taken out of a game. If he's going to be locked up on on Nuke, that's probably the worst thing that can happen for them is to lock him up on Nuke because then you pretty much talk to Hopkins on the sideline and be like, look, Ramsey's following you around the entire game. We're not going to throw you the ball. You're going to be a decoy to take him away from where we're throwing so we can take advantage of all the other members of the secondary. And that would be the way to go. Listen, remember, they've got Zach Ertz too. And yeah this, yep, is my big trick. yeah, this is my homerism kicking in here. There's not a single linebacker or safety on the Rams' defense who can cover Zach Ertz. Not a one. So I look for Ertz to have a huge impact on this game. I look to see more of Christian Kirk. Yeah. They'll probably test Jalen Ramsey early, but not often. And when they realize it's not going to work, they're going to try to catch him in spots to where they either uh, do some crossing routes. If they you know, identify man to man to make corners bump into each other or something like that. I look for a little gamesmanship, especially if Hopkins and Ertz are lined up on the same side of the ball that, that, will be the gamesmanship going on there because if you do some little, you know, crossing routes or whatever and get Nuke cutting under Ertz or vice versa, one of them is going to pop open because if Ramsey's playing man-to-man and he goes into the garbage like that, he's going to lose Hopkins and that's how you get him to football. And if he switches, then yeah, I'm going to take Ertz out, you know, pretty much outpowering Jalen Ramsey. I know Ramsey's all-world cornerback, but I'm not taking him over, Zach Ertz. I'm sorry.
1: Are you watching the Manning cast on Monday night or are you watching the regular broadcast?
0: You know, for this, I might actually watch the Manning broadcast because, you know, a couple of times a season, I have watched the replay of the Manning broadcast. It's been quite entertaining, and I don't have anything against the regular Monday night calling of the game. But sometimes if the game gets a little bit out of hand or it gets completely dull, I will switch over and see what they're talking about. So uh, th- th- yeah, this will probably been- be one I- – beginning to end, i watch the Mannings.
1: The interviews are a little bit interesting. You know, you watch so many football games over the years, you kind of hear the same, you know, the same commentary, for better or worse, game in and game out. And the Mannings, when they bring in their guests and have some interviews, it makes it a little more interesting. I will say this, the, uh, the, the Cardinals are stacked. They got talent across the board. Uh, they smoked the Rams. They didn't just beat them. They smoked them. So let's see, Mm -hmm. Sean McVay was the golden boy. Every coach that had laid hands on him seemed to get their own head coaching gig at one point or another. So he needs to make some adjustments. He needs to study the film and do something different. And like I was lamenting earlier with my team and they're not changing things up, let's see what Sean McVay can do. He's had plenty of time to study these guys and see what he can do to shut them down. He's got some talent on his side too. It should be a shootout. I'm hoping for a big game. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if we get a 50-burger on Monday night. If Crazy Jared Ooh. says that his team can give up 50 points, I'd like to see these these this uh, high-powered offense at least put up some touchdowns.
0: Well, uh, James Wiggins, uh, the safety for the Cardinals, was placed on injured reserve. Justin Pugh shows up as questionable. They expect to have Chase Edmonds back for this game. For the Rams, uh, the cornerback, David Long Jr.'s list is questionable. Center Brian Allen is also questionable with a knee. He is day-to-day after spraining his against MCL uh, this past Sunday against the, uh, against the Jaguars. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. These teams are relatively healthy. Um, I'm still not convinced that Beckham makes any impact on this game because there's no chemistry there between him and Stafford. And, again, I hate beating this horse. Matthew Stafford's nowhere near as good as everyone hyped him up to be. This all, beginning of the all season.
1: Stafford has to do is get the ball to Cooper Cup. That guy's having the best wide receiver season of the, of the in the NFL. I mean, there's there's your all pro right there. <laughs> yeah, that's all he has to do. You make it sound so simple. I mean, he's been doing a hell of a job so far.
0: <laughs> well, the four teams on the bye this week are the uh, Indianapolis Colts, who fall from 12 to 13 in the power rankings, the Miami Dolphins, who hold steady at 20 in the power rankings. The New England Patriots climb from 7 to 5 in the power rankings. Pat Richant is not happy about that because uh, some of our rankers have put three teams that the Patriots have beaten above them, which is why they're They didn't climb as high as probably they should have. I mean, I personally did rank them inside my top five. Uh, And my Philadelphia Eagles, which inexplicably rose from 22 to 19 in the power rankings. I'm not going to say much about my Eagles other than coming out of the bye week. Um, I hope the coaches don't get too cute, rely on the run game. I would love to see before the season is over with, you know, they finally got Miles Sanders, 100 yards rushing in a game, which was long overdue. Um, I understand this injuries, and Phillip Gainwell is going to get some carries, even though he shouldn't. I would really love to see Miles Sanders get a rushing touchdown before the season is over with.
1: It doesn't seem like too I, much to ask, James. If that's what I, I you're mean, asking for we, Christmas, and you don't get it, I think that tells everyone what you know how good you've been this year. I mean, look, we've
0: got two games against Washington and one more against the Jets, I mean, excuse me, the Giants and and the Cowboys. So who who knows what this coaching staff is thinking? And because we come out of the bye against Washington, hopefully next week I'll have a little surprise for you all. Maybe I can get Neil to record a little something with me for our matchup. I hope I make no promises, but uh, yeah. Monty, anything you got to add for this week's uh, worth of games?
1: No nah, man, if Neil can't make it, I will uh, watch a little. Uh, so I married an axe murderer. Polish up my Scottish accent, and I will get on there with you. I'll battle. I'll battle it out live with you. Oh man, please That's don't. Of it. I did the write-up against the Washington team with all of those Scottish uh, catchphrases. I'll be. I'll be. Yeah, mind. you
0: lost me last week. <laughs>
1: I got got it. I got it. I just got to do a little, I'll do a little study and I'll I'll give myself a little homework assignment. If Neil, if Neil doesn't do it, I'll jump in there.
0: All right. I'm holding you to that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Just call me Neil the rest of the time and I'm going to get in. I'm going to, I'm going to be a method actor for that one week
0: absolutely all right sports fans that's going to wrap it up for us this week of next fan up again the email address if you want to reach out to us is nextfanup at gmail.com you can also reach out to us on facebook or twitter at next fan up for monty our raiders fan i am james eagles fan saying please stay safe be careful and take care of yourselves.
1: if it's not Scottish it's crap
0: trying to do the challenge of finding the mysterious pod. Is there somebody else here now? Oh, Jesus. Oh. Nice, dude. Let's go. <laughs> Get out of my face. I'm running out of breath and also out of energy. I'm going to see you later. Bye.